Hello, friends, and welcome back to the John Cast. My name is John Jorgensen. How was your week? I hope you all had a great week. Uh, Sweet Bear and I had an exhausting week, but it was great. Uh, the week of 4th of July has, some of you know this, has become sort of a sacred week in our house and in our life. Uh, there's some anniversaries in my family uh, during that week. Obviously, there's the 4th of July. My birthday is that week. There's just a lot of stuff in our friend group and in our family. And so we have uh, dubbed the first week of July as, quote, best week ever, in which we just get together um, with our friends and with our family. And we have like a three to five day stretch where we just celebrate and eat and swim and play volleyball and just spend all day and night together. And it's great. And obviously we did a slightly smaller version of it this year with just a small group of friends, but it was just so good for my soul to be around people and to be in intentional conversation and to tell stories. Uh, and it's just, I love it so much. Um, so I hope your first week of July was just as good. Um, but yes, today, uh, we're back at it with, uh, our summer reading series. I hope this series has been leading you into a next level or a deeper level reading of the gospel accounts. And up until this point, We've made some pretty good progress on this gospel cake. We have defined the gospels as theological, historical, and virtue-forming biographical narratives that retell the story and proclaim the significance of Jesus Christ, who through the power of the Spirit is the restorer of God's reign or kingdom. That is Jonathan Pennington's definition from his book, Reading the Gospels Wisely. And we've taken a a week at a time talking about the theological, historical, and virtue-forming nature of the Gospels individually. We've also looked at the connections and allusions that these four books make to the Old Testament and how recognizing those can deepen not only our, our understanding of the individual Gospel accounts, but they can deepen our understanding of Scripture as a whole. And then last week, we talked about the unique emphasis that each author puts on their story, specifically on the character of Jesus. Uh, And a great resource for that is Richard Burridge's book, Four Gospels, One Jesus. That's where we've been. And at this point, we have basically covered all of our main ingredients. We have all of our ingredients in place. And so now it is finally time to bake our gospel cake, or or maybe it's time to eat it. I've really kind of lost track of my metaphor at this point. But over these final few weeks, what we're going to do is we are going to discuss how we can read, study, and apply these gospel accounts to our lives by using all of the information that we've gathered over the last six weeks. And so today, what I want to do is I want to give you three very practical and hopefully very helpful ways of approaching your reading and Bible study. Now, I want to say before we start, a lot of this stuff we have covered before, we've touched on it, but the purpose of this episode is to put all of these things together as a clear prescription for your Bible study and reading so that you can actually take these things and apply them right now. Cool? All right, let's do it. Firstly, first thing, when reading the gospel accounts, read them as a compelling sermon, not as a complete summary. 
I'll say that again for those of you taking notes. Read the Gospels as a compelling sermon, not as a complete summary. Again, we've talked about this a lot in this series, but it's so important for us to remember that when reading the gospel accounts, that the point of these stories is not to reconstruct exact history. Remember, we talked about before, this is not security camera footage of Jesus's life. If we read these accounts in this way, we will misunderstand them. We will misinterpret them. And eventually, we will probably give up on them because that's just not what these authors are trying to do. The gospel authors and the gospel accounts are better understood as a sermon or a testimony or a witness about who Jesus is and what his life, death, and resurrection meant for both the original audience and what they still mean for us today. So again, this isn't necessarily something that we do. This is just a general mindset, or as my friend Matt would say, he would salute and say general mindset. It's a mindset for us to keep when we read. And what it does is it helps us keep these accounts and these gospels in the proper perspective and allow them to tell us their story on their own terms. So that's number one. Read as a compelling sermon, not as a complete summary. Number two, When reading the Gospels, focus on vertical reading over horizontal reading. Let me explain. There are two ways that we can read the Gospel accounts, and really the Bible as a whole. We can read vertically, meaning we read a single account from beginning to end as a whole. Then you can read horizontally meaning reading between or across accounts. Usually we would do this for the purpose of comparing and contrasting. So an example of horizontal reading would be reading the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, and then reading that same parable told in Matthew 13, that you're reading horizontally across the accounts, whereas vertically you would just read the entire gospel of Mark and then the entire gospel of Matthew. Now, I want to be clear. Both of these ways of reading are helpful and are necessary. Scholars utilize both. I utilize both. You should utilize both. But especially when we're first starting out, I would encourage you to read all four Gospels vertically first, from beginning to end. This is why our 30-day gospel reading challenge is structured in the way it is, with us reading all of Matthew, then all of Mark, then all of Luke, then all of John. Here's why we do this. Remember we talked about last week. Each gospel author, they have their own unique twist, their own specific lens or perspective through which they're unpacking this story. They're all highlighting different things about who Jesus is and what his life meant. And so we're better off reading each account individually first so that we can get a grasp on what that specific author is saying. And then once we understand the specific message of each account, then we can better read horizontally because we can know what should be compared and what should be contrasted based off of that individual author's intention. Does that make sense? It's best for us to start reading vertically to get the best possible understanding 
of each gospel. So focus on reading vertically over horizontally. Also, side note, if you ever get a chance to sit down and read an entire account vertically in one sitting, I highly recommend you do it or you make the time to do it. It is a powerful experience to sit down and read the entire gospel of Mark from beginning to end in one sitting. It takes about 40 minutes, uh, especially because this is how most of the original audiences would have experienced these accounts. They would have stood in the town square or in the temple, and they would have heard the entire account read aloud from beginning to end. It's a powerful thing. So uh, three things to keep in mind. First, uh, read the Gospels as a compelling sermon, not as a complete summary. Focus on vertical reading before horizontal reading. And then finally, and again, we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating, Reading the Gospels is a virtue-forming exercise over a knowledge-gaining exercise. I know we have talked a lot about scholarship in this series. We've talked a lot about technique and history and proper biblical interpretation. And believe me, that is all very important. That is all good. But when we read the Gospels... We have to remember that the main reason for turning to them, the main reason for even opening up your Bible in the first place, is not information, but transformation. Another quote from Jonathan Pennington here, he says, Our goal in reading Scripture is not merely to understand what God is saying, but to stand under His Word. Yes, it's a little cheesy, it's a little campy, but he's hitting at something very important. In other words, you can understand every single verse in the gospel accounts. You can understand the historical context. You can catch every single Old Testament echo and allusion. You can know the purpose of the gospel of John or Luke and the original authors. But if your life if your heart, if your actions, your relationships, if there is no meaningful change in your life based on what you have read, then I would argue that you are reading them wrong. I know that sounds harsh, but but if the text itself is not accomplishing the purpose that it was written for, which is to transform you, then I would argue you're not reading them correctly. You're not honoring these texts as they were meant to be read, if you are not allowing them to have an effect on how you think about the world, how you interact with others, and how you live your life. And so, as we wrap this up today, I want to give you three questions to ask. And what these three questions are designed to do is they're designed to keep us grounded in a transformational reading of these accounts. So wherever you find yourself in your gospel reading this week, when reading any passage, first ask, what is God wanting to do to me? Through my reading of this story, what is God doing to me? Is God convicting me? Is God inspiring me? Is he humbling me? Is God challenging me? What is he doing to me? And then second, ask, what is God wanting to do in me? Based on the conviction that I'm feeling or the inspiration that I'm feeling, 
What is God wanting to do inside of me through that? Is he wanting to expose a certain pattern in my life? Is he wanting to hold up a mirror to our culture and show us a way that our world is turning away from him? Is God wanting to transform the way that I think or, or interact with others or, or with myself? What is God wanting to do in me? And then thirdly, what is God wanting to do through me? Based off of what God has done to me and in me through this text, what changes do I need to make in my life? What actions need to be taken as a result of the work that God has been doing to me and in me? So again, what is God wanting to do to me? What is God wanting to do in me? And then finally, we take it outward. What is God wanting to do through me? Again, hear my heart here. As much as I believe in good interpretation and historical context and all of that stuff is very, very, very important, it is more important to read the Gospels as a disciple of Christ rather than just reading them as merely a scholar. The most important ingredient in our gospel cake, in reading the gospels well, the most important ingredient is the heart of the reader. And so I will leave you with this very, very simple but important instruction. When you read, read the gospels as a disciple. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the John cast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review, uh, especially if you're on uh, Apple podcasts and you're listening there, that really helps the show grow. It helps more people discover it and therefore helps more people understand the gospels in a deeper way and helps more people grow in their faith. What an incredible opportunity. So if you wouldn't mind just leaving a quick review, that would mean so much to me. Uh, We have two more weeks in this gospel reading series. I'm really excited to tackle it, Uh, but that's all I have for this week. I love you all. Keep being awesome.